Hey y'all, welcome back to Colored Couch Conversations. I say welcome back because I hope you've listened before, honey, okay? Uh, (laughs) This is a podcast where I have intimate conversations with women of color on my couch. Today, my guest and I will discuss motherhood with a spotlight on Pfeiffer Syndrome. I'm your host, Jasmine W., and my guest today is a multifaceted woman. I know y'all can tell I'm smiling really big right now. She's a multifaceted woman who's a mom, wife, businesswoman, entrepreneur, and public speaker. She used her all-American track experience to create her own sports performance business. She recently became the mom of a beautifully medically complex daughter and is using her unique motherhood journey to educate and inspire others. Give it up for Felicia, Felicia Johnson. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being on the show, Felicia. I'm so excited to have you. I'm excited to just chat. I think yeah. we, got, we got a lot to talk about and it's good to see your face. It's been a while. You too. Now, okay, y'all, you can follow Felicia and her journey on motherhood at Felicia11. That's at F-A-L-E-S-H-A-1-1. And a good thing to know is Felicia, my cousin. Yeah, because, you know, so you all gonna hear the kiki and everything. We family. <laughs> yeah, we very comfortable, honey. Yes. Don't be afraid to be a little shady either. And Felicia's very nice and sweet. She can't even be shady, honey, if I gave her space to be shady. <laughs> but we're gonna try. <laughs> well, we always start the episode off with a quote of the day. And you know this, Felicia, because you chose it. And the quote is... Life transitions are our biggest opportunities for growth. They push us to become the fierce heroes of our own stories. They pull us into new territories and ask us to become bigger, braver versions of ourselves by Elaine Welteroth. Welteroth, how do you say that? I think that's it. Walter Roth. Okay. What is this? What? Why did you choose this quote? So I'm like a, a bookworm and I read this is from her book, More Than Enough back when I was on like my baby moon in Maui and I just felt like being pregnant kind of just had my mind in all these different places but allowed me to really focus and then reading her book it was all about just kind of coming into her own skin Mm -hmm. and all the different challenges and journeys she's been through and I knew I was about to embark on motherhood but little did I know that motherhood was going to be a challenge in itself and a journey in itself that I just didn't even couldn't even wrap my mind around so it stuck with me then and I had underlined it and I just kind of kept coming back into back to it and then once I delivered Clea and all things she's going through she has Pfeiffer syndrome this rare genetic disorder I was that was my biggest like life transition yeah to this day I will say and earlier on I was in this place of like kind of why me and everyone around me, you know, when you go through something, it's like, this was meant to be, you were selected for this journey. And I couldn't see it at the time. And then everything is hindsight. Yeah. You know, weeks go by, months go by, years go by, and you're able to reflect on something that happened to you earlier in life. And you realize without that challenge and that growth opportunity, I wouldn't have become the woman I am today. Yes. And now I feel it. So when you asked me about a quote, it was like, I'm at a place now that she's eight months. I'm like, these last months I've grown more than I have in the 30 some years before this. And I feel like I'm a braver version of myself. Mm. Like, I don't care what others say. I, I show my truth. I show my daughter and it's just been a blessing. And so I definitely think I'm bigger and braver and it just, it's, 
speaks to me even more than it did back then. Yeah, it's so wonderful to have read that so early on your journey to becoming a mother, not knowing how it was gonna impact you later. Exactly, it really did. And I was flipping through the pages and it just was like, whoa, that means something really different now than it did back then. But for some reason I knew to underline it and to like hold on to it back then. So yeah. Well, tell me, Felicia, what is a baby moon? What is that? Okay, so a baby moon is, (laughs) you know how you go on honeymoons after you get married? Yeah. The baby moon is like, before the baby comes, it's like your last hurrah. So it's just, yeah. So we went to Maui and we like to travel. So we already kind of like, we want to go on a vacation. Everyone tells you babies are expensive. It's hard to travel with babies. So we were like, let's just go kind of Let's do this. Yeah. Yeah. We call it our our little baby moon. We took uh, maternity shoot pictures out there and stuff like that, but it was fun. (laughs) That's very cute. Um, The one thing I just also wanted to mention about this is me and you are around the same age. We're in our early thirties. You're a new mom. And I think that if I had thought about myself in my early twenties to still be um, sort of coming into myself as my own person in my early thirties sounds ridiculous when you're, when you're in your early twenties. But I don't know, I guess I just kind of want to tell people out there that if I think people, there's an assumption that when you're in your twenties or something, you're supposed to have things figured out. It don't happen. There is. And I was in, I think also maybe like it might go back to like our parents and stuff. Like for me, my mom got married. She met my dad in college. Yeah. She got married at like 24, had my brothers at 25, 29, you know, so she, by 30, she had two kids and married yeah. for four or five years. And so you kind of had this image of that's how your life is supposed to be as well. Yeah. And so that's what I thought too. I was like, oh, okay, college, I'm gonna find my man. I love loving basketball. So I thought he was gonna be a hooper. Like that was what <laughs> I was looking for. And then it didn't happen. And then you kind of look around and maybe your friends look like they have their ish together too. And yeah. you're like, man, I feel like I'm behind. And also just with social media, I think we, we are stuck yeah. in this place of seeing everyone's highlight reels that we think that everyone has together. Everyone's had their boxes checked and here I am looking behind. So I definitely feel like how you're saying, like you think you're supposed to have it all together. No, I feel like twenties is like your grinding decade. It's like, yeah. it's your exploring. It's where you make your mistakes. You live life to the fullest. And then by 30, you realize like your time is so valuable that I don't have time for the arguments. I don't have time for the, yes. you know, you start to cut people out back in my twenties. I need to be friends with everybody. I need to be in the mix. Yes. 30, I'm like, Oh, I didn't get invited. That's cool. Like I didn't need to go. Like I was going to okay. say no anyway. Okay. <laughs> I sure was going to say no. I was going to pretend like I was going to go. <laughs> exactly. You just don't take things personal anymore because you yeah. already know I'm going through my own stuff. And I, I had um, a few things go on. I feel like in my twenties, whether it be friendships, whether it just be jobs that kind of taught me that, that, you know what, everyone has their battles they're going through. They're not sharing to be patient with others and give them grace, but also to be patient and have grace with yourself that, you know, you, I'm going to evolve three or four my t- more times before it's time, my time to go. Yeah. That's one thing Felicia always says is like, have grace with yourself. That's like a word. Grace is a word that, um, you know, we you hear a lot like growing up in church or something like that, but we don't think about it when it comes to ourselves. So I love that you always say that. Yeah. I, we just gotta have patience and grace. I just feel like, like I said, we feel like we have to have everything together and, and it's not that it's really yeah. not. And until 
people start showing up in their true colors and telling you their, their struggles. Yeah. And I think that's one reason why I've been sharing more of my daughter's story because I would have people say like, oh girl, you've got it all together. Like mm-hmm. you guys, you got black love, relationship goals, you got all this. I'm like, no, 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 no. Like I'm married, but it's work. Yeah. yeah. Like I got two or three things I'm doing, but it's work. And sometimes you forget to show people the behind the scenes part. Yeah. So that's why I'm trying to show more of my journey with motherhood so people can see like, oh, like I'm not asking for sympathy, empathy. I'm just more showing you a different perspective of life so yes. it opens your eyes yes and you totally inspired me like when I become a mother I don't want to just show just the good side of being a mom it's tough I saw what my parents go through even you know with my siblings and me it's not easy you know it's not it, so. it's like perspective and then you become a mom and you realize like dang I had to call my mom and dad like hey I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what did you even do, Felicia? You didn't do not a dang thing. Okay, I'm trying not to cuss on Felicia's episode. You didn't do. You didn't do one thing. It probably wasn't. It's was probably my brothers, but more of like <laughs> I didn't give. You know, you have those moments where you're like, ah, oh, this isn't fair, or yeah. why did you know you stop? I had those a moments brat. for sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and also just. Maybe it wasn't so much, I'm sorry, but it was more like, I appreciate you on a whole nother level. Yes. I think it was more of that. Yes. That like, wow, this is more work than I thought it was. And I appreciate you. I appreciate you for being involved. I appreciate you for just, just all the things you did to help me get to where I am now. And to give me a good example of what parents should be. I've got a really close relationship with my mom and dad. Yeah. And very unique in their own way. Like, they're a little powerhouse, but like they both serve me in different ways. Yes. And so I, they're kind of, if I call my dad, we might have like an hour combo and I'm like, okay, I'll get off the phone. And maybe I talk to my mom three or four days later and she's like, yeah, I had to hear that from your dad. I'm like, ah, <laughs> like, you should have called. I'm like, okay, okay. So they want their own time. And so it's like, <laughs> my parents are like that too. They get jealous. They do. Especially when all the kids leave the house, it's like they get there by themselves. I'm like, where's dad? Oh, he downstairs. He downstairs. Yeah. This is me and you talking. Why are you asking about your daddy? I'm like, dang. Oh, that's hilarious. We're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about marriage and stuff a little bit more. Uh, so let's get into the random questions. Y'all know I always ask my guests random questions to get to know them a little bit. And you know what? I recently saw something, Felicia. You were talking about your relationship with Rome. I saw something yesterday. I showed I shared it on Instagram, and it said it was like sort of a meme that somebody created, and it said. Your soulmate will know how to deal with you, your flaws, mood swings, and all. Is that true? You know what? I don't think so. I think your soulmate will want to know and will have the desire and put the effort into knowing, mm. but to, to automatically know, no. Because who I am when I met my husband at 23 and, and me at 33, like what I needed back then is totally different now. Oh, girl, if you don't say that, that is a word. Right? <laughs> so will he know now? No. And, and I'm, I'm a Gemini. I'm a little indecisive. So you might ask me something like a year ago, two months now, and I might change my mind as far as like what I need. Yeah. But in, in that sense, it's the same thing. It's like he might not always know, but he's always putting the effort to want to know. Yes. And so I think that's key. Yes. But yeah. I think we put so much hype on the soulmate. Like you got to find your perfect match and it's going to be this 
most ideal thing. Me and Rome are so opposite. Yeah, we're so opposite. So I feel like people are like, wait, but it works for us. And I think that's what I needed. If I found someone who exactly like me, we wouldn't have lasted. (laughs) Two Gemini's together? Come on now. Um, (laughs) No, I I definitely agree. I think that, first of all, I'm like, whoever created this is probably single. Uh, You don't know what you're talking about, okay? (laughs) Like, just because you guys are constantly attracted to each other your soulmate you guys are you you can't really stay away from each other you, you're mad at each other but you want to make things right with each other because the love is so strong you know mm-hmm. and I don't mean just physical attracting attraction I mean attracted to each other you know what I mean and it's not even about like knowing my mood swings or knowing me because me and John been together 10 years. You think when I was 21, you think I'm the same? Come on now. No. So. And I think that's where people like end up going their separate ways is because they are stuck on that because, yeah. and I think like how you said about, you know, being more than just attracted to your looks. I think when I was in my twenties, like that's what I wanted. There was this, this thing on paper that I wanted. Yeah. He needed to be like six foot something. He needed to be a basketball player. He needed to be all these things. Mm-hmm. And then you start to realize like, dang, those are all physical things. Yeah. Like, and me and Rome met and it was like, wow, like what is he value in life? Yeah. And that's what made, that was more important to me. Like his values you know, he values family. He, you know, he wanted to be in a serious relationship yeah. and he was committed. He was loyal. Sometimes, you know, men at that age won't tell you all those things. You'd be playing games and he wasn't about the games. And I love that. I was like, from, from the start, he was like, I'm looking for someone to be my wife. Yeah. If you're not also looking for someone for like long-term, then this ain't for us. I was like, well, dang. Okay. Like, <laughs> I was like, I like this. Okay. I'm here. And I would he was way more like ready to be like committed and serious. than I was earlier on, yeah. I was still like, okay, like, I don't know if we got to put a label on this or not. And he was like, no, we got to figure this out. I was like, okay. So he took the lead in that. <laughs> Yes, Rome said, uh, no, honey, uh, we, if you don't think we need a label, then what are we shopping for, honey? Right? <laughs> that is cute. I mean, John, the same thing. John, will, my husband will deny this, but uh, he asked me to be his girlfriend first. And at first I said, no, I just told you I wasn't looking for a boyfriend. I had just got out of a relationship recently. And that kind of hurt John's feelings. And then two weeks later, we had spent every day together, every day together. So I just came back to him and said, will you be my boyfriend? Because we need to just quit playing. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh-huh. And I know that's where I'm like, what are you scared of? I was like, I don't, I'm not. Why am I, why am I doubting this? I was like, okay, yeah, you know, you're right. Let's, let's go ahead and make this official. Because we were. I wasn't talking to anyone else. Yes. I wasn't interested in anyone else. But I don't know if it was just like the, the idea of putting that label just made it so official that I was like, I don't want to mess this up. I like where we are right now. Yeah. And it's almost like how people say when you get married, oh, you see another side of someone. Like, I felt like, was it going to be like that? And it wasn't. It wasn't at all. Like, we just continued on dating and kind of how we were before we actually put a label on it. So, yeah, I don't know why I was stressing. What's one thing that Rome does for you that you really appreciate? Ooh. He like, so I can be indecisive. Mm-hmm. And so he is really good with like knowing and helping me kind of like build that confidence and say like, this is what you should be doing. Yeah. And I, I overthink things. So I might be like, okay, 
questioning this and he's like no this is what you're gonna do and it's almost like earlier on how i said he was just really assertive like no we need to be together i'm looking for something serious (laughs) okay okay so he's just so good at kind of like redirecting me and guiding me in that um but other than that like he he's thoughtful for sure like he is that person where he just goes out of his way Mm -hmm. to make sure the house is moving forward like he does those little things that I might be like all over the place like I'm thinking about Clea I'm thinking about my business and he's like oh but I got the house in order like I I made sure these bills are paid I made sure this is going on I'm like okay yeah and I think when you become in a relationship you start to respect and like appreciate those little things like that so those would be two big ones for me awesome Y'all, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to continue to talk to Felicia. um, And we're going to talk about natural hair a little bit. Um, (laughs) So we'll be right back. Let's take a quick break. Hey y'all, welcome back to Colored Couch Conversations. I'm here with my guest, Felicia Johnson, and we are in the middle of random questions. So I wanted to ask you, Felicia, I know you reached out to me because you know I'm natural girl, me and my Afro. You've been natural now for how many weeks? Probably two, two or three months? Yeah, since May, yeah. Is it worth it? It is, it is. It's crazy <laughs> because my hairstylist has been she's been trying to encourage me to go natural and I'm that kind of person like I kind of how I said the thing about preach about Rome it's like it takes me a minute to really like say like I'm gonna do something yeah once I do it I'm all the way in and so he always gives me that little push like that confidence of like no this is the right thing you should be doing because you know something indecisive so my hairstylist is like probably last year and a half like girl I think you look great natural like I'm gonna help you I was like I don't know and so you know quarantine life you can't you get your hair done I'm like what's the better time to do it than now Mm -hmm. so I went all the way in I hit you up girl I was like okay (laughs) who my natural sister like what do you use everyone told me like all different stuff and then realized there are so many products out there yeah I was on YouTube like finding out how to do all these different styles and then I just went all the way in I kind of like other products I felt like I needed but I will say since going natural I have not got so many compliments on my hair than I have now and yes yeah and it's also like it's a a feeling too like this like self-love feeling of like I'm I'm like in my natural state yeah and I think there's something when you have a daughter that you want her to see you in that way like yes you know like well your hair looks like this and my hair looks like that why is your hair always so straight my hair's this yes because it's a weave like (laughs) I want to preach to her that you know you're beautiful in your natural state so I have to you know do what I preach I have to live that life and so my hair was part of that journey and I feel like I I'm rocking my crown and I love it and it's fun to kind of just play with different styles. Yeah. Like in the morning, I'll pin it all different types of ways. Yeah. Rome is like, I love it. I'm like, okay, okay. Oh, Rome is, right? Rome is feeling it, girl. <laughs> Rome is feeling it since like, and I will say, you know, you, you start the journey and I didn't realize like, once you've been straightening your hair or like, doing different things here, it takes a while for it to get to that, like it's curl pattern. Yes. And those first, like that first month, 
it was a little frizzy. I wasn't they making the twist tight enough. They were like, I felt like I was rocking an Afro after like two hours of being outside. <laughs> and then I found the product that really just took to my hair and yeah. I found my own little technique. And now I got a little bounce of curl going. So I'm like, okay. I DM'd you and I said, listen, don't get discouraged because once your hair is used to being in its natural state, it's gonna curl up. And look at your curls. Girl. Pop it. <laughs> Seriously, you're right though, and it it's so true. And people will ask me too, you know, what are you doing? Can you do a tutorial? And what I've learned is I can't do any hairstyle over. Like <laughs> the, the next day, like I swear I got it down, the pins a yep. certain way, and it won't, it looks totally different. I can't duplicate my hairstyles. Like your hair day to day just takes on its own little, like, I think maybe it's like the grease, how many days out you've washed it. So Felicia, let me tell you something. It's it's never not gonna be like that. You I look at my picture three months ago and be like, if I could just give my afro like that again, my hair would be like, girl, psych. <laughs> I, so I thought I was like, oh I got the I got it down, right? I got the product down. And even in the same product, the same little twist, I'm like, no, nope. this don't look like it did yesterday. So <laughs> I'm learning, but I'm loving it though. Yeah, there's there's a lot, so much versatility. And when you get tired of it, you can go back to your braids if you want. You know, you can you can wear it down. I saw it on Instagram, you had it down on your most recent post and it looks so cute. Thank um, you. So yeah. Even when I got braids, like working, you can speak to this probably, like yeah. working in a professional environment where your coworkers are like 90% white mm-hmm. and, and all the questions they have about your hair, like, oh, like, what, oh, your braids, or what is this? I had someone ask me, like, oh, I want my, um, <laughs> I have a, a friend that I want their, to get their hair done like that, or their wife, so their wife wanted to get their hair done like mine, I'm like. In braids? Yeah. They're like, how long does that take? You just did it this morning? I was like, no, I, I didn't Child. just do it this morning. Don't work like that. But I was like, <laughs> part of me was timid to show up in my real self at work yeah. when I was dealing with white men ages 50 to 70. Yep. And now I'm like, I don't care. Yep. Yeah. You know, so. And you know, everything has an impact on that. The more we see our, our, our natural hair and on television, the more white people see that and, and get comfortable to seeing us that way, you know? So yeah, it's just a reflection of the culture too. As the culture starts to shift, so we shift. So. Mm-hmm. All right, well, we are gonna talk about some trending topics with a spotlight on Pfeiffer syndrome. A lot of people might not know what Pfeiffer syndrome is. So for those who don't know, what is it? Okay, so Pfeiffer syndrome is the fusion, prematurely fusion of your skull. Mm -hmm. So when a baby comes out, they have a soft spots all over the head. And you'll hear people say like they had a cone head, like their head's all different shapes. And that's how they're able to like easily drop through the uterus. Yeah, Yeah. right? (laughs) So, and then it fuses totally at two years old. So okay. for Pfeiffer syndrome, it fuses in the womb. So mm-hmm. if your head is fused, what does that do to your brain? It doesn't have anywhere to like grow and like yeah. thrive. And so it puts all this pressure on it. And so that's what happened to my little one. Um, her skull fused and the only, um, they call it like suture and plane that was open was her fontanelle. So the top of her head. Mm-hmm. So that was the only space it had to, to grow. So it grew up. So yeah. she's got a taller head, but also because there was no space here, it didn't give her like eyes room to have like actual like depth in their orbits. And so she's mm-hmm. got really small orbits 
And there's a few other things. Um, she's got a very narrow nasal bridge. So it creates these facial um, abnormalities when it, when it comes to like the creation of your face. And it's given her like breathing issues. Yeah. But it's pretty much like your bone just fuses early. She's got fused elbows and not many people know that, but she can't extend her arm. I didn't know that. Yeah. Because looking at her, you just don't know. Like yeah. not, not many people will unless like we say it. So her range of motion is very, very limited. So yeah. it's, a, it's a prematurely fusion of bones, but mainly it's in your, in your face and your head. Yeah. And people, um, so <laughs> our baby's name, our baby is named Kalia Johnson, but we call her hashtag Callie Joy. Yeah, Callie Joy. Um, and every baby with Pfeiffer syndrome has different symptoms, right? Like the, Yeah. So there's three types. There's type one, two, and three. Okay. And our hospital is really innovative. They're kind of very forward thinking. They don't put a type because you could be type oh. one and have symptoms or traits that someone they deem type three has. Okay. And so they kind of go really deeper into like the actual like medical part of it, like the mutation in which part of her gene happened. But so in standard, she might be like closer, like type two, but she's got a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. And also the unique part about her is like, it's just so true to like who she is. And like, we talked about like how she's just thriving and growing and she's so smart, but yeah. her skull fused. And then her brain said, nah, not today. I want to grow. And so all of it just like busted open. So mm. she's got like way more soft spots than your typical Pfeiffer syndrome kiddo would have. Yeah. And so her head was able to kind of still take form into a standard size head. Mm-hmm. Um, but even now, like we've had a handful of surgeries and one of them is a craniectomy where they take bone out of your skull and it regenerates on its own. But the goal is by taking that bone out, it creates space yeah. and your brain starts to grow and the bone grows back as your brain is pushing out. Isn't that amazing so, though? Right? And so again, her, her brain was like, I want to grow. And yeah. so we had a DOCS appointment recently and they said, she got way more space than we thought she would from this last surgery. Like, her brain has been pushing and pushing and not getting any pressure. And so she's like really getting a lot of space. And so for that example, you know, she's had really good brain development, a really healthy brain. And so some kids are a little bit delayed, some are not. So it's mainly those structural issues that put, you know, complications on your breathing, on your swallowing for her. Wow. And you know what, something like that, um, I didn't know that Kalia's brain is still growing. Do we know how long, like, when does your brain stop growing? You know, I'm not exactly sure, but I yeah. know that, like, by two, your yeah. skull's totally fused. So I'd okay. have to imagine around that st- that stage. Okay. But I've learned so much from being, like, so backstory, we were in the NICU in the hospital for five months, the mm-hmm. first five months of her life, and she's now eight, close yeah. to eight months. And so the doctor's appointments, the doctors coming in, the nurses, and I've been able to just take in everything they've told me and like just write down notes to help her and become the best advocate I can for her. Yes. And that's one of the big things she's taught me is that, you know, she can't speak for herself. She, yes. she needs me and Rome to be as attentive and as knowledgeable as possible. Because when they come to us and say, as a doctor, this is what we want to do for her. Yeah. And we have to be able to say, we did our research and actually yes. we don't want that. We want you to do this. 
and without sometimes just that they're the experienced ones you take their word for everything and we've had great doctors but i know that you also need to be prepared to do the research and have the knowledge to be able to speak up for your child and know that every child is different and they keep yeah. telling us that every child is different so this could work for her and not work for someone else yes so that's why Pfeiffer syndrome is so unique it's not like your typical genetic disorder where it's impacting one organ she's got really healthy organs really yeah. healthy body it's just a structural aspect of it that puts pressure on different parts of her body so yeah. with that like some kiddos take a really long time to walk some don't yeah. so she she is she's active she's like she's constantly the doctors say one thing and she's like no nah, i'm gonna prove you wrong I'm gonna do the yeah other thing. So I'm yeah like, huh. <laughs> they told us they're like you know what felicia like with this syndrome we can tell you her trajectory what we think it's gonna be yeah she's got your genetics she's got rome's genetics yep. she's got her own you know goals that we don't even know what they are yeah yeah and they said that that overpowers a lot of things with yeah. medicine so we only time can tell and so time has been going and she has been proving to us that she is resilient she's a strong little girl she's a very independent little girl like we'll be like okay it's time to do tummy time or something she's like no not right now <laughs> <laughs> then like 20 minutes later she does it and she just like excels at it so yeah. we just have to kind of let her have that freedom to kind of grow at her own pace and I think that's one big thing I'm trying to teach and educate others like you have these goals and expectations of maybe what motherhood would look like mm. or what your child should be doing mm-hmm. and you go look it up and it says they should be walking at one they should be you know, waving at this age and your child will thrive in their own space. You have to be able just to give them the resources and support to do that. Yeah. You put those pressures on them. They can feel that. Mm. And so I'm never going to make her feel like she has to be this. She has to grow up to do this. It's more of, we're going to support you in any way we can. And once you show us what you need, we're going to do everything we can to make sure that we're educated on it. I love that. Um, well, like you said, you know, Callie, she's been here eight months, you know, she's been born for eight months. She's completely amazing. She's, you know, she's, she's done more. And I've even seen her grow over the last eight months and she continues to surprise all of us that support her, you know, with how intelligent she is, how bossy (laughs) she, uh, she can be. Um, and not to mention, mention how beautiful and trendy she is. If you follow on Instagram. Yes follow us we try to we try to have her fitted (laughs) but you know she's made so many exceptional leaps so far but what still concerns you yeah you know so we're trying to teach others to accept her to love to be compassionate because for those who are listening you know you're hearing me talk about Pfeiffer syndrome but there is the the aesthetics of it like she looks different Mm -hmm. and she always will look a little different Mm -hmm. and with Pfeiffer syndrome Um, as I shared that her eyes, they have really small orbits. They sit forward. Mm -hmm. Her head's a little taller. And so she's always going to have these facial differences. Yeah. And what scares me the most is that we've created a space of love in our home and she feels it and she smiles, but what will the world create for her? Yeah. Will the world accept her? Will others accept her? You know, and I, and I hope I have friends who have kids right now and and I'm teaching them, hey, you know, purchase books, not just of girls of color, 
but yes. also girls in wheelchairs, deaf, blind. Like, yeah. what kind of representation are you teaching your child to accept those with different abilities? Understanding those words, special needs, disabilities, um, medically complex. So I, I'm probably most scared of the world outside of our home. And as yeah. she gets older and there's a, a certain like barrier and protection I can't give her. Yeah. Because I want her to explore the world. And I've had conversations with others who are older and who have Pfeiffer syndrome. And, you know, they're off in college and getting married. And it gives me so much hope. They told me that they have friends who have Pfeiffer syndrome. And parents take it different ways. That there are some friends that they shelter them. Yeah. They were scared of what the world would say. So they didn't share them to the world. Yeah. They, they grew up feeling like, I am so different. I don't even do the standard things other kids do. My parents yeah. won't even put me in that environment. And sometimes when you think you're protecting your child, you're really doing more harm on them. Mm. And so by sharing, I know I'm going to get questions. I know people are going to stare and look, but I hope it's also like a learning moment too, to say, yeah. Hey, ask her a question. Hey, ask me, you know, in a very respectful way. Yeah. Wh what is she going through? Like how, how can I help? Like things like that. And so I'm hoping that we're, we're creating that kind of environment of acceptance of all yeah. people, not just of color, but also of facial differences. I think one thing that, you know, we don't do enough and, you know, we're the generation to change this is when, when we have kids, you know, we're always talking about their play groups. You know what I mean? And we want our, our kids play groups to be diverse, but we also want them to be like diverse in thought as well. And so in ha having your kids who maybe aren't medically complex, have friends who are, allows for more acceptance. Is that something that you would be open to? I know, you know, cause sometimes kids are rough. Sometimes kids are curious. CJ, she has medical equipment and stuff. So would you feel comfortable when she's older for her to have play dates with other kids? I definitely will, I definitely okay. will. And there are resources that help us as parents kind of work through those conversations, but yeah. also teach other parents um, the questions they ask and how to interact with other kids. Mm -hmm. I have a good friend who we were talking and she's like, oh yeah, one of my best friends was in a wheelchair growing up and it just became the norm. Yeah. And so when I interacted with other kids and they were like, what's wrong with her? She was like, what do you mean? Yeah. I, I didn't get it. Like I didn't get why they were asking so many questions. So I hope to to have that exposure for other kids to see the equipment and show what it is. And also we have amazing nurses yeah. right now. And so because of her health complications, like one big part is her breathing. So that's one of the machines she has is a vent. Yeah. And one of our nurses actually has a, a kid kiddo that she worked with before that she went to school with. Mm -hmm. And so she was kind of preparing me that, you know, some questions other kids might have and oh. parents might have of the machines and yeah. sharing with me that this parent actually like went to their school and explained what their daughter was going through. And so okay. it's kind of preparing me of like, what's to come in these next few stages. Oh, that's very interesting too. How do you balance Felicia being a mom to Callie, being a wife, being an athlete, having a full-time job, not to mention a friend, a daughter, a cousin, all of these things, how do you do it? I don't understand. You know, earlier we talked about grace. <laughs> That's a big one. Um, and making it very clear 
that I am never going to be all those things you just made like 10 titles. I am never going to be a hundred percent at all those at the same time. Yeah. That there are going to be moments where as a friend, I might be neglecting you, but I might be the amazing mom that day. Yeah. And there might be a day where I don't feel like I'm giving everything I can to Callie, but me personally, as myself, I'm giving hundred percent into my business and my self care. Yeah. And so that is something that I've been working on is understanding that I can't be a hundred percent out of all of them at the same time and making that clear with others too. Like, you know, call me out. If, if you feel like in that moment, you have my time and energy, I'm not giving you hundred percent, let me know. But that's probably one big part is that grace aspect. And also knowing that all of those make me whole yeah and and finding time to do all of those like i i had to kind of narrow down like my priorities yeah over these last eight months of really what i wanted to focus on and things that were important to me prior i i'll go leave my house or see cali on the way out and be like you know what this is what i want to do i want to be home like i don't really want to go work this and do that and so i just had to like take a moment to myself and like ask myself kind of what are my new priorities? What am I trying to align myself with? What's my purpose? And that kind of goes back to that whole evolving aspect of like us as humans. Yeah. What we are passionate about changes as well, depending on what that opportunity, that life transition we've gone through. And so I am, yeah. But I, it's also just in my like personality and who I am. I like to be busy. Yeah. So I don't mind kind of divvying up my day and I, I'm doing my public speaking one day. I'm preparing mm-hmm. for um, business the next day. Like that's just kind of how I run. Yeah. And when I'm still for too long, I'm like, well, I could be doing something. <laughs> so I just feel like it's in my nature as well. Whereas like Rome, maybe not so much. Yeah. You know, Rome kind of likes to have his focus and it's a handful of things. Whereas mine might be like 20 things. Yeah. So. I definitely uh, feel Rome on that. One thing about you, Felicia, is you are always doing something. I remember when I stayed with you guys, you're like, Jasmine, what do you need? Can I be doing this? Well, I'm going to be doing, I'm going to run out and do this. I'm like, girl, Felicia does not ever sit down. (laughs) And Rome is sitting down. Rome's a homebody. Rome is a homebody. And that's why I said, it's like, what do you appreciate about him? Is that in his homebodiness, he makes sure that the things that might fall through the cracks because I'm doing a handful of things, yeah, that they don't fall like all the way through. He catches all of them. He's <laughs> like, you forgot to do this. You forgot to do that. I'm like, oh dang, I did. He's like, but I did it. I'm like, that's what. That's what yeah. I love you. Yeah. So I am on the go. I'm trying to dial it back and be a little bit more of a homebody, but nah, just, girl. Like, have this do you? <laughs> I guess my last question for you is you are the mom of a medically complex baby. I've seen you go through this journey. Uh, I'm in my early 30s. I'm not a mother yet. I don't know when I will be a mother. And seeing you on this journey has given me a lot of faith and it's just inspired me so much. But it's also very scary because I'm like, you know, I could be the mom of a medically complex baby. I won't be a young mother. You know what I mean? Who knows what could happen? So what advice do you have for me and maybe women who aren't mothers yet um, about your journey? What piece of advice can you give us? Yeah, I feel like understanding that every journey is unique. 
you will be blessed with the the dog or the child that you're meant to have Mm -hmm. and you will have everything you need inside of you to give that child a loving home and all the tools to just like succeed and like don't question yourself in that yeah and when I was in those early stages of wondering of like how I'm going to cope with this how I'm going to get through this I at times kind of like shut down yeah and I got to a point where I started to realize I needed that outside help yeah. and I thought I could handle it all on my own when it came to like the mental aspect of it and I started to talk to a therapist and I started to like have those conversations of you know how am I going to make it to this next day and as I said I just feel like we think that motherhood is this this journey that's full of dressing your baby up and looking cute going for walks and it's not that's one part of it but it's it's a lot of sleepless nights yeah it's it's a lot of like wondering if you're making the right decisions yeah um and so it's just a matter of understanding that the effort you put forward is always going to be the the enough you know like your child knowing that you're trying your hardest is going to feel that and so just leading with love with them and just you will you will find so much strength when you see your child like smile yeah and that that smile always just gets me so definitely I guess I grace might be the word that's like I tell people to take take a shot or drink something every time I say grace I say so many times times, but it's so true just understanding that nothing is perfect in life that we will all will all go through our own challenges and just take it day by day motherhood and parenthood is so beautiful bringing a child into this world but also it's not for everyone so like for those out there like if you don't have any desire to be a parent don't feel pressured to be one I have so many moms that are so many moms telling me that like one of my one of my good friends is about to have her second baby she said I totally I totally see why women choose not to have kids I love my baby I love the baby I'm about to give birth to but I totally see why women do not have kids because it's not for everybody it's not yeah. it's not and I think we've like taken that away from people to make make them feel guilty yeah for not wanting to and I, I think earlier on like when me and Rome were dating it was like when y'all gonna get married yeah. You know, then we got married. When y'all going to bring me a baby? When y'all going to have some babies? <laughs> we make some cute babies. And it's like, well, what if we didn't want to have babies? Like, yeah. What, how do you think that makes me feel? Or what if I've been trying yeah. and I couldn't get pregnant? How does that make me feel? Mm-hmm. And so when you become a mom, I think you start to realize like, oh, the world has these traditional roles and these traditional timelines that we put on people and that we need to accept them for whatever stage of life they're in and really respect their boundaries. And so, yes, I just feel like it's a big commitment. And if you are not ready to do it, then don't, you know, if you feel like your time and energy and love can go into your nieces or your nephews or or your work, Mm -hmm. do that, do that. Oh, that was such a good, Felicia's not going to make me cry on uh, any of these episodes, y'all. Let's take a quick break and we come back. We're going to step into the Keep It Real corner to give some advice. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to Colored Couch Conversations. We're here with Felicia. Don't forget to follow her on Instagram at F-A-L-E-S-H-A-1-1. And if you aren't inspired, and if you probably not crying by now, honey, I don't know what, you need therapy or something, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> we are now in the Keep It Real corner, y'all. Um, Felicia, this is where we give advice to somebody who hits me up on TikTok or, TikTok or Instagram. This person says, I've been dating the same guy exclusively for 11 months. We both agreed that we we are exclusive, but he won't call me his girlfriend because he's not ready for a relationship. Should I leave? I'm 20. Ooh, that last part, I'm 20. <laughs> <laughs> what, would you, what would you say, Felicia? You know, at 20, I just feel like you're 20s. You need to just live. But if you guys are exclusive and they're, so we both agreed to be exclusive. Go live life, girl. Go yeah. live life. You don't need if he's not ready to give you the title you want, you know, but also think twice, like, do you need that title? I think sometimes we get stuck on, like, I need to be labeled girlfriend. I mean, yeah. is he committed to you and doing, is he, are y'all walking around public? Is he acknowledging that you are someone he's serious with? He just doesn't want to say that, but also maybe, maybe get deeper into why. Yeah. Like, what is that? I think as, you know, in our thirties, we're like, okay, what's a trauma that you might've been through that makes you <laughs> feel this way? You start becoming like a therapist in that yes. sense, but there might be some, a little bit more added to that reason to him. But I feel like at 20, girl, just go live. That's how I feel. Honestly, Felicia, I'm like, you 20, you're not even old enough to drink, honey. Don't, uh, break up. Right. Girl, break up. go live. Like, <laughs> Go, go to Mexico or something for your 21st. Yeah, you will give it 11 months. 11 months at 20, that's a lot of commitment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, child, if, if I was 20 again dating, I wouldn't have 11 days to focus on you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she gave him almost a whole year. Yeah. Ooh, that's too much. <laughs> and I don't know if you listened to the whole episode, but Felicia told you that Rome came in and said, uh, what you talking about? What are we doing? What are we doing? When they know, they know. I'm telling Period. you. Period. So and at 20, they don't know yet. So then you just need to let them go. Because yeah. I think Rome was like 24 and he gave it to me like that. He was like, all right, I'm dated. I'm like, well, dang, I thought I had like just like two or three more years until... <laughs> <laughs> Rome said, listen, it's, it's, it's dry as the Sahara Desert out here. Ain't nobody out here. And look at you. You fine. <laughs> you, girl, he said, I'm, I'm done. Look it. I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> he was. He was. It speaks so true to like, just who he is now. Like, he's like, I'll be like, okay, what should I wear? And I might show him one outfit first. And like that one. I'm like, but you ain't seen option two. He's like, that one. I'm like, no, you, you got to see both and then pick. And I'll show him both and be like, as I said, one. He goes, when I know what I like and I see what I like, I know it. I was like, oh, that's what you did with me, though. Okay. <laughs> I, didn't see, I didn't see anything else. <laughs> that is hilarious, y'all. They, uh, they are really actually so cute. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Y'all are such a cute family. Um, I appreciate it. We're at the end of the episode, Felicia. What do you have coming up? What are you working on? How can people keep up with you? Oh, good question. So recently, we, as you said, share on um, Instagram. Like, that's kind of like where I'm at. That's where my following is at. So I share a lot on my story of just behind the scenes of like my journey as a mother with a medically complex kiddo. You know, we've got therapy we've got nurses we've got a lot of things in our lives that are very unique towards us yeah. and I did this poll the other day to 
to see how many people were following me. And I was the first time seeing like a medically complex mama. And it was like about 650 people said that I was the only person they knew. And out of the survey, I think only 800 people, oh, it was like 700 people did it. And 650 wow. said I was the only one that they knew. So it just remind me of why I'm sharing my story. Yeah. So, and also you've heard me talk about Rome. So if you want to see more of him, we're doing this like series on IG yeah. that we're just talking about just various topics, how we met, but also answering stuff about, you know, being first time parents, parents during COVID, um, just, just things pertaining to our journey in parenthood. And we feel like there's not a lot of people saying and talking about it. Yeah. And people are following us because they love Kalia, but I'm like, see the cloth that she comes from. So that's our yes. purpose behind it. And then I got a, um, a YouTube page and it's just Felicia A. Johnson. And I share a little bit more like longer videos and more educational stuff on like a, light, a, a day in the life of Kalia. And I share her machines. I share what Pfeiffer syndrome is. So if you want like yeah. a more detailed uh, response and like answer to that you can check my youtube page out and totally we just literally scratched the surface on their entire journey just literally scratched the surface so if you guys want to see more definitely check out her instagram and scroll all the way back child felicia have you ever thought about um maybe you and even rome like writing a book i've never seen um a book with a black family with a baby with five for syndrome have y'all thought about that I have from two different perspectives. When I was yeah. in the hospital, I read a book about a family that their their kiddo had um, not Pfeiffer syndrome. There's like a three of them. There's cousins, Cruzon. Okay. And they talked about just like from birth to delivery, everything. Mm -hmm. And then I, so I thought about doing a, a book from my mother perspective. Yeah. That's more of like for adults to read. Yeah. But then I also thought about doing like a kid's book. Yeah. For Kalia. So people could see that, that from that lens and like see her visual, like on a book. I think that would be pretty cool. So we'll see. It goes into my whole, like so many ideas in my head of things yeah. I want to do. I'm like, okay, when I'm going to have time to do some of this stuff. No rush. You got plenty of time. For sure. Well, thank you so much for being on the show, Felicia. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for creating this platform. Um, just, I've listened to it a lot of your episodes and yeah. just the fact that you're highlighting voices of women of color is just so important right now, but also yeah. just all these different stories. And yeah. so I appreciate you giving your flowers for just creating <laughs> this. And y'all go get go get her um, apparel and everything. Oh yeah, she's drinking out of my support black creators yes. mug. Yes, so <laughs> go support our girl. Are you listening? Also go support her in other ways too. Yes, you can check out ComedianJasmineW.com for that. Um, <laughs> Y'all, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe on the platform you're listening on right now. And if you love Colored Couch Conversations, make sure to tell someone about the show. Okay, do not be selfish. You can follow us on Instagram at Colored Couch Conversations and watch the show on my YouTube. That's ComedianJasmineW on YouTube, spelled J-A-Z-M-Y-N. Thanks to my dad. See y'all later.